A very, very warm welcome to the Four Corners podcast by UFM Worldwide. Today in the studio, we have a Francophile and we have Anna, <laughs> who also may be a Francophile as well. I don't know. No, no. I think we'd all like to be really secretly Francophiles. Um, but we have Debs Prisk in the studio. Hello, Debs. Hello. How's it being back in the UK? Yeah, well, I've been here a few days now, so uh, getting used to colder weather, putting on a few more jumpers. <laughs> You're missing Paris already. I should add, Deb, well, I'll tell you what, Debs, you introduce yourself and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, Debs Prisk, I've been living in France for about 17 years now, um, and I moved there to work with students, and I've been working in local church for about 10 years, two different churches during that time. I'm originally from Milton Keynes, which I know is the butt of many a joke. <laughs> well, you have come to visit Swindon. Though, but I've come to visit Swindon, yes. Yeah, so I feel like I'm going up in the world. Paris, Milton Keynes. Uh, Swindon, Swindon yeah. Tokyo, New yeah. York. We should have Swindon times. You know when you see those clocks, it's always like Paris, London, New York. Yeah, Swindon. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you've, come, you've come to the UK for yeah. your end of term review today. And we've yes. grabbed you grabbed to, me, yes. to come into our makeshift studio. Which is wonderful. It's yeah, it's a glass box <laughs> so that the office can see in and, and see what we're doing. Um, no, but we're very thankful that you, you've come to uh, come to share a little bit about what you're doing in Paris um, and uh, and hopefully encourage some listeners who are thinking of cross-cultural mission uh, about what it's like serving in Europe and, and particularly in, in France. Uh, tell us a little bit. Tell us how how did the journey start for you? Yeah, so I think a lot of missionaries, they have a feel a call to cross-cultural mission generally. So they uh, start seeing the needs in the world and they think, oh, it would be great to go and serve overseas. There are a few missionaries who would be the opposite of that, which is more have a love for a country um, from from the start and then develop an interest in cross-cultural min- mich- uh, mission as a result of that. Um, And so that's always been my case. I have loved France since the first time I ever went there. I went there for the first time when I was four, went on a canal boat holiday in in Brittany with my parents and then loved the Madeleine books when I was a little girl. I think I probably got it out of the library about 20 times. I don't know why my (laughs) mum didn't ever buy me that book. Um, But Milton Keynes Library lent that book to me a number of times Um, and then loved French at school. French is always my favourite subject, had an amazing French teacher who I'm actually still in in contact with. Um, And then uh, I became a Christian at quite a young age, actually, about eight, um, having grown up in a Christian family. And uh, when, as I got older and I realised the differences between the the church in France and in the UK, just in terms of the size of the church in France, much smaller, openness to the gospel, much more closed to the gospel, at least at that time, and um, realised the great spiritual needs in France. My love, which had always been a cultural, linguistic love for the country, gastronomic love for the country mm. as well, um, became a spiritual love for the country. Um, uh, yes, and so as a result of that, I actually became interested in cross-cultural minis- uh, mission more widely. Um, but yeah, it started with love for France. So, to tell us a little bit about religion in France. So it's a secular country, yes. or they identify as a sec- secular country. Yes. Large Catholic population. Yes. 70% of French people were baptised as babies, although that's reducing 
um, there would be a lot fewer people who would have their babies baptised now. And, and is this yeah. nominal Catholicism? Yeah, very nominal. So 40% of French people would say that they're atheists. They would actually use that term rather than agnostic. And 70% of French people would say that they are without religion. Um, so obviously the number 70% are those baptised. There would be uh, a, a proportion of practising Catholics a number of whom would be very committed Christians. Mm. Um, but the numbers are very low. It's a very secular, non-religious, atheistic culture. I think it might actually be about the fourth a most atheistic country in the world, That's something mad, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just across just across the English Channel for us. And um, what about Protestants? Uh, what what's that look sort of especially the evangelical church, relatively small in France? Yeah, um smaller than in the UK, certainly. Um nonetheless growing and um so i think 70 745,000 is the figure that they say would be an in an evangelical church on a sunday morning on average um so uh, yeah three quarters of a million um and uh the church has grown actually massively the evangelical church has grown so is it 11 times larger now than it was in 1950 um, so that's obviously gone way faster than the growth of the population. Um, you know, in that time, the population's probably increased one and a half times and something, but 11 times the number of evangelicals. Um, obviously, some of that comes from immigration, um, immigration from Africa, particularly French-speaking Africa, former French colonies, um, from the French Caribbean as well. Um, but also, actually, a large number of, um, of French people born and brought up in France um, uh, who have become Christians. So there has been a change, there has been a shift, there has been an opening to the gospel, I think particularly in the last 10, 15 years. Praise God. I mean, it does Praise really God. highlight the need for the workers as well yes. in France. And, and it's one of those destinations that, um, one of those countries that actually quite a few uh, mission partners serve in from, from UFM Worldwide. So, yes. and, there, and there is still such a great need for God to raise up more. There um, is a great need. Before we get a little bit into your ministry yes. and the sort of specifics of it, we, we like to play a fun game, don't we, Anna? <laughs> <laughs> it's our version of Desert Island Disc, but we've not come up with a good enough name yet. No. It's sort of like least reached things you want to take with you. <laughs> so, well, Anna, I'll let you, let you explain the game. Oh, so, a bit like Desert Island Discs, if you were... Uh, somewhere what would be yeah what would be your your your, your is it a book you're allowed to take a book but it, you, you get given the bible obviously so get given the bible that's a given and yeah what would be your favorite tracks oh gosh oh we sprung this on you i'm really sorry no that's absolutely <laughs> fine um what would be my favorite book oh favorite book uh i really like great expectations by charles dickens i think that's my favorite novel and I think that Joe, uh, Pip's uncle, or brother-in-law actually, is my favourite literary hero. Wow. And there's a good gospel illustration in there. <laughs> so if you haven't read it, read it. Um, that would probably be my book. Um, and uh, tracks. Oh, I'm not very good on music. Um, I really, I'm doing Lindy Hop classes at the moment. So probably a Lindy Hop track, probably a swing dance track from the 1930s or 40s. Ooh. That's exciting. A lot of culture in Paris, a lot of art, There's a lot of music, of uh -huh. food. Lots so, of good food, yeah. So many blessings to uh, to enjoy, yeah. so many God's gifts. Um, te okay, t food first. I mean, yeah, uh, the, the food in Paris must be something to behold. 
It's wonderful, yeah. And uh, my favourite type of French food actually isn't Parisian food. I do love Parisian food. My favourite type is anything coming from the mountains. Because it's very cold in the mountains, so you get lots of potatoes and lots of cheese and lots of bacon. Mm. So that's really good. The best thing, tartiflettes. Mm which is chopped up potatoes cooked in the oven. Matthew salivating yeah, at this. <laughs> very <laughs> with very strong cheese and bacon. It's amazing. Bit Cook garlic. it in the oven for about an hour. <laughs> Let it all melt and... Yeah. Where, where did British cooking go wrong? I don't know why not. There are some good British cooks, really, but a lot of it is French-inspired, really. And we're grateful for the cakes that you brought us. Oh, the Madeleine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, because that's your favourite book when you were growing up? or Well, no, I hadn't made that link until now. There we go. But yeah. That's a good reason. <laughs> T- tell us a little bit about the culture in Paris. A um, lot of young people in Paris. Lots of young people. Lots, Lots of secular. young people in my church as well, in particular, yeah. Yeah. Are they are they drawn to secularism? What, what do you... F- to, to the sort of, um, without, I guess, using names, you know, what, what's the typical journey for... A, are they are they in students? Are they international students, or are they locals, or is it a mix of sort of everyone? Uh, a real mix. Uh, Paris is such a cosmopolitan city, and our, our church really reflects that. So, um, uh, average age of the church uh, members between about eighteen and thirty five. Um, lots of them students, lots of them young professionals. Uh, French international French speakers, non French speakers, or or, or or learning French. Um, yeah, a, a real mix, um, mostly students and young professionals, um, sort of c- French uh, Paris city center. Yeah, makeup. Yeah, okay. And I guess what for me, I'm really interested in knowing what the challenges are for those young people um, being in a city like Paris yeah. and the temptations around yeah. them. Yeah. Um, when they give le- some of them are perhaps Christians already when they come to the church, but and will still face those temptations. But those yeah. are also giving their life to Christ for the first time. How do you keep them on the straight and narrow path? It's a difficult. You know, this is really sort of part of your ministry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I actually um, did a little survey amongst uh, people from my church and some other friends before coming here just to find out what they thought the temptations, the biggest temptations that they faced were. And um, some of them were really surprising, actually. Some of them were what we would expect. Materialism, workaholism. There's a really, really strong um, culture of working really, really hard in Paris. Um, Distractions, having too many options, cultural things that you can be doing all the time, things that you can fill up your time with. Um, one thing that struck me was uh, the number of people who said that they found that, and this would be Christians, found that a really big challenge for them was the way that they behaved towards others. So in situations where they're put under stress, like in the metro, in the crowded metro, um, to respond positively and kindly to people um, is hard because Paris is a hard city to live in. People can be unkind, people can be unfriendly, people can bustle you a lot in the metro and that kind of thing so it can be it's not just just a french thing no not just a french thing (laughs) i apologize to our french listeners (laughs) of which we may not have any now (laughs) sorry carry on debs um but in terms of uh, what are the big challenges for people who are becoming christians i think just a lot of a lot of french people just don't even know an evangelical christian um or if they do, they don't really have a friendship with them. Um, so the French media has done in the past a very good job of portraying evangelicals very badly. 
um, it gets mixed up. They're often called, uh, we're often called evangelists, so um, evan- evangelists rather than evangelicals. That is a, a common mistake that the French press make. Um, and they would link evangelist with um, uh, sort of tele-evangelists. They would link it with um, kind of very right-wing evangelicalism in, in the States or in Brazil. Okay. Um, and they would have a very negative view of what it means to be an evangelical. So um, without actually knowing an evangelical Christian, that's going to be the sort of default impression that they have. Um, so that would be a big challenge to actually people coming to faith would be most people just wouldn't even know an evangelical. Mm. Um, I think people don't ask many deep questions um, a lot of the time. I mean, France is known as being a very philosophical quest- uh, country. And so and people do study philosophy at school and they like to have kind of big debates about kind of philosophical, certainly the educated, well-educated um, or sort of educated to a university level. Uh, people would like to have a good debate but actually when it comes to actually what does this change for my life um i think a lot of people just shy away from asking those questions um i was um in a uh, i'm in a book group with some friends of mine and and uh, one of my friends um you know we were talking recently about about life and death and and a friend said well i just don't ever think about death and i think you know that, that just a lot of people just never ask sort of deeper questions um and if you're coming up coming from a background that is default atheist where at school you've been taught there is no god um where you're looked you're taught to frown on anything that is is religious anything that is of faith rather than scientifically proven um it's 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 hard to kind of go against the grain there and and start saying actually what does this mean for my life why do people behave in certain ways towards people why is there love in the world etc to ask some of these deeper questions i don't think people do that very much um so i think that's a big challenge there's a phrase that gets banded about about uh, in this case becoming french to Mm -hmm. win the french Mm -hmm. can you explain a little bit about that and maybe how you found that to be effective yeah i think um I think there's there's sort of two levels to that. There's there's the level that I was just talking about about being willing to engage um, in a in a French way in conversations. So where there is a a, a, a love for philosophical que- uh, for philosophical questioning, philosophical debate, actually being able to um, within those contexts bring it onto a more personal level. I think that's um, that would be a French way of that would be a way of engaging with the french i think um uh of bringing in something that could be helpful into a a, an already existing cultural norm i think the other thing is that um france is a very relational culture and we're talking about food but food isn't just appreciated on your own food is appreciated in a group with family with friends um you know, it's it's not a myth that French people spend hours around the, the table eating. It, they really do, you know, sit down to have an aperitif at six o'clock and get up at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> um, having had many courses with cheese and wine and dessert and coffee afterwards and, and will actually just stay sitting around that table all, all of that time. Um, and so I think that means sometimes being willing to stay up a bit later and mm-hmm. 
being uh, trying to keep involved in a conversation. The challenges of different types, really. Bleary eyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, relational is being relational is really, really important. And uh, being willing to, to not take up all of your time. I think this is a big challenge that a lot of French Christians face, actually. Um, so much of their time is taken up with church activities. Actually, they don't really have much time left over for really getting to know their friends who aren't believers, their colleagues, their their friends from school, from university, from from their neighbourhood. And I think a really a way of being French to win the French is being willing to to commit that time to really getting to know people, to sit around those tables, eat delicious food. That's a real hardship. (laughs) Tough, (laughs) tough life. (laughs) Do do you consider yourself more French than English now? Uh, I've got got dual nationality. Um, I think I'm I'm pretty much a mix, really. Yeah. I think I'm British when it suits me and I'm (laughs) French when it suits me. What what do the French think then? Do they think you're more French than English? I think they quite often forget that I'm British, um, I think. Although sometimes they, yeah, bring it up. <laughs> and then you've got Brexit. A, I, was, and I, like... I think we're going to try to mention the B word on this podcast. <laughs> we, we, political, any political question? No, we let, we'll stay clear of politics in France. It's a, it's a very <laughs> it's difficult, a very, uh, difficult time for us. Po- Polarising, yeah, <laughs> subject. Um, yeah, before before Anna perhaps talks a little bit about what it's like living in France, um, particularly uh, as a single person and the challenges mm-hmm. that come with that. Um, I'd like to sort of talk a little bit, we kind of breeze over your ministry a little bit. Yeah. A, a li- so just um, a bit more of the sort of, um, you do a lot of uh, research and speaking and, 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 and maybe a little bit that part of your ministry as well. I know that there's not just the discipleship that you do. Yeah, so um, I am uh, on the council of um, French, uh, the French National Council of Evangelicals. So I'm on their, their, their national committee. Um as one of the one of the representatives of the the conservative evangelical um, wing of evangelicalism, um, and uh, so that's a, that, that's a bit of a time investment, um, and it's it, it, it's but it's it's very it's a passionate thing to be involved in because um, uh, it there's opportunities to think about actually what is the way that we take the gospel to France Uh, and at the moment we're focusing in a lot on how can we be missional as evangelicals so how can our main focus be taking the gospel to people who don't yet know the gospel Um, so it's very exciting to be involved in that uh, kind of national level and think actually how can we impact France with the gospel. Obviously, it's the Holy Spirit's work, mm. but um, we can think about what are the most strategic yeah. ways to. How can we place ourselves in good positions for God to use us? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Debs, you've written in the past for us for our Four Corners magazine about um, about what it's like being single and mm-hmm. being um, a mission worker, mm-hmm. um, and it was really helpful. I just wondered if you could summarise quickly. I think you talked about the challenges and maybe some blessings of that. Yeah, I think there's lots, there's lots and lots of blessings of being single. I think we often start with the challenges, so maybe I'll start with the blessings. Um, for me, I uh, as I explained, my my church, the congregation that I work with, um, is is a very young congregation, and um, many of the congregation have free time and. They have uh, evenings where they're available and they have weekends when they're available. 
um, which wouldn't be the case for people with families. And so I think that as a single person myself, I have an availability um, for working with that particular congregation. And also, actually, a lot of my friends who who aren't believers in France are single as well, um, although they wouldn't necessarily fall into such an age, such a young age category. Um, and so I think there is a, there is a real blessing in in being available with your time. And certainly I feel that I wouldn't be able to be doing the exactly the work that I'm doing today if mm. I were, if certainly if I had children. Such in a busy um, place as Paris as well. Such a busy place as Paris, yeah. There is a real value in that and, and being able to be available and to, you know, to drop things at a moment's notice if necessary, I think is, is a great blessing. It's a great blessing for me personally to be able to live in this country that I've loved since I was knee-high to a grasshopper as well. Um, so that's a huge blessing. Um, and I think also there's a huge blessing in being able to be a another adult or another older adult for either children or, or young people. Um I have a number of godchildren and nephews and, and a niece. And um, I think there is great blessing in that. And actually, I'm seeing now, because I've been in France for so long, um, some, of the, some of the people that I knew when they were children or when they were at secondary school age are now much older. They're adults. And so um, there's one girl who's just started coming along to my church um, who I did baptism prep with when she was a... Uh, when she was 11 or 12 and she's now a, a, a young woman and it's wonderful to see the way that God has been working in people's lives and I think that as a as a single person who has maybe fewer family responsibilities myself that frees me up to be a big sister or actually an aunt um, I realised that actually I was old enough to be this girl's mother. So, you know, <laughs> I think I'm not just a big sister now. I'm also kind of an honorary aunt. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a huge uh, blessing. In terms of the challenges, um, I don't struggle with loneliness. I think a lot of people who are single struggle with loneliness. I um, live in a very vibrant city and people can be very lonely in very busy cities. But actually... I, 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 I'm somebody who likes to spend time with people and is willing to make the effort to, to you know, to organise things so that people, so I can spend time with people. So lo loneliness isn't, isn't an issue for me. But I think a big challenge for being an overseas mission worker when you're single is having to make big decisions on your own. Obviously, we never make decisions totally on our own because we always make them with God. Mm. Um and in the light of of his word um but it can feel that way but it can it? feel that way it yeah. can feel that way to be on your own making big decisions yeah um you know when i moved from from one church to another uh, you know that was a decision that i had to make with advice from friends with seeking the lord's will but but you know make that decision on my own so that can be that can be a big challenge and then as you look forward to the future as well uh, you know the whole question of of retirement is very much on the agenda in France at the moment. Mm. Um, when we when we're recording what's, this what's in April twenty twenty three, it's just gone up sixty four. Oh, what are we on? What in the UK? Sixty seven. Uh, yes. What was it in France? Sixty two. Oh, so you've got the right idea, I think. <laughs> I'm not, making, I'm not making any comments no, 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 about no. this <laughs> in case any of my French friends listening. That's, yes. <laughs> I so said, we stay clear of politics. We need a, po we needed a politics buzzer on here. That, you do. You know, that's it. We, we've got all these sound effects. We can just put the... 
the cr- crickets noises for policy. <laughs> uh, something like that. I don't know. Or scary. Anyway, there's, there's all these sort of funny sounds. There's none French. The French would probably laugh at this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting uh, points. And, and we have a few mission partners who uh, are in a similar situation. Mm. And um, I think it's just the, the way that God's used you. And it's actually put you in a really busy place and, mm. a, and, a, and a place where he knows that actually if you don't have those commitments mm. of children mm. and having to go to bed at nine o'clock, which we do, and then up at six, you, know, you can be the person that mm. is having those relational um, meetings and opportunities, mm. gospel opportunities till 1am in the morning. So, mm. you know, we're very thankful that that you've decided to commit your life to God and, and serving in this way. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure we'll find that other mission partners are, uh, are in similar situations. So thank you. Um, obviously serving as an individual you need quite a lot of pastoral support as well mm-hmm. um so you're um, i can imagine your sending church has been very helpful in this area yeah, yeah they're great i'm regularly in touch with them um which is lovely um i think that the the longer you are in a country overseas um the more your support has to be in that place your primary support um and and so the lord has given me some very deep valuable friendships um over a number of years there were friends who were there uh before i was who remain good friends um and they were part they were people who encouraged me to think about moving to france in the first place um so i think that that is very valuable as well it can't just be support from from the uk it has to be support on a daily basis from from within France as well. Mm. Something we really stress as a mission, um, mission agency, cross-cultural mission agency, is having um, really good supporting and sending churches. Mm. So, so one and the same thing, but really, um, whether that be where you're mm. currently serving and also from home as well. Mm. Um, and we're just so thankful to all our, our sending churches mm. um, who are so pastorally and prayerfully um, supportive of our mission partners. And also strategically, I think, you know, there's been times where I talked about having to make big decisions and uh, my my sending church in London, Christchurch Mayfair, has been really really helpful. The pastors there, the the pastoral staff there, have been really helpful when I've had big decisions to make to help me think through strategically what would be the best place for me to move on to. Um, very very generous support um, financially and prayer. Um, yeah, but also that kind of strategic advice as well, which is really really valuable. Mm. Um, so you've been in France for 17 years, I think you said? Yes. Um, God willing, what does your medium to long-term plan look like, do you think? Um, yeah, God willing, um, because we can't say in five years I'm going to do this or even in next year I'm going to do this, can we, it's if the Lord wills it? Um, but I'll be heading back to, to Paris this summer after my time of home assignment and uh, back to Connexion Church, Église Connexion, where I'm based, and... I think more of the same, really. I don't have any big plans to change. Um, it's been exciting to see the way that um, I've been con- connection for four years now, and it's been exciting to see the way that um, things have opened up that I didn't expect to, and particularly been involved in um, training Bible study leaders for um, for for leading bible studies um so that's been that's been really great and that's something that i'm looking forward to getting back to and thinking about actually how can we do a better job of this how can we uh, support those bible study leaders not just train them not just help them prepare but actually how can we go around support them give them feedback help them 
in their pastoral support of their te- of their of their groups as well. So yeah, that's something I'm looking forward to when I get back. Got a book project as well, but we've got to see if um, if that's accepted by our publishers with a colleague of mine. Oh, is that any sneak previews of what it's about? Uh, about understanding the Bible, actually. Okay, in French. Yeah. Ah, understanding the Bible in French. <laughs> the book is in French. The book is in French. Yes. The Bible. <laughs> well, obviously, French people understand the Bible in French. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a given. <laughs> this is where we need the. There we go. That was perfectly timed. There. <laughs> Uh, um, t- tell us a little bit about some takeaways for those that listen to the podcast that are considering cross-cultural mission for the first time. What, what, do, what would you, what would you tell them? Um, we, you know, whatever age, whatever position in life, situation, um, they are considering uh, to go on cross-cultural mission. What, what would you be your advice? I think um, just going back to what I said near the beginning about um, you know I already always always had this love for France, and I think. If if the Lord has placed a country on your heart, like don't think it's just a coincidence. I think that would be the first thing that I'd say. And um, that doesn't necessarily mean that God will take you to that place longer term, but it might mean that he's given you a particular love for that country so that you might pray for it or you might get to know missionaries in that country. Um, but I don't think it's a coincidence if there is a country that you love and and yeah, learn everything you possibly can about the gospel in that country. Um, I think another thing would be um, uh, be in terms of language learning. If you're going to go overseas, like just give give your all to language learning. It's really really important. Um, but also be willing to make mistakes in language learning. I'm quite a perfectionist, and I know that probably in my early years in France, although I'd studied French at university and I'd lived there when I was a student. Um, I think I was too much of a perfectionist and I was very concerned about making mistakes. But actually, you need to make the mistakes to learn and you need to be willing to be a bit red faced at times because you've said something quite embarrassing. And I've said quite a lot of embarrassing things over the years. (laughs) And the French quite quick to correct you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're not so shy like the English in that regard. And they're quite good at laughing at you if you have said something that's quite embarrassing as well. Tell us what the most embarrassing thing you said. What is the worst thing? No, no, no. Um, (laughs) There's quite a lot of embarrassing pronunciation mistakes you can make okay. in if you're British or if you're an English speaker and you speak French like you can actually end up saying quite rude words right. quite easily so I won't say those words yeah. but <laughs> you know you can think that you're wanting to say one thing and you actually end up saying something really quite rude but the French just find it funny they just think it's hilarious yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when you play the English card you know? oh, I'm sorry <laughs> sorry yeah yeah There's je ne no... comprends pas <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure Anna will agree with me that it's such a um, blessing to have mission partners and come into the office because it's so encouraging for us. We stare at computers and communicate to you via email and you know Zoom and all these other ways. But to actually have you in person and to uh, to be able to hear about what God's doing through is such an encouragement. So thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. That's right. How can we pray for you? How can the people listening pray for you? They obviously don't perhaps know much about you, but far away and yeah i think um could pray for us as a church at eglise connexion we we've got big um needs at the moment we have um we hire a space on a sunday and that's very expensive for us in central paris as you can imagine there we're talking just an enormous budget just to pay for a place on uh, a space on a sunday morning so pray for that it would be really great for us to have somewhere where we could meet uh 
longer term and have somewhere to meet in the week as well. Um, but obviously we're very conscious that property prices in Paris and central Paris, particularly central Paris, we're right in the centre. Where we meet currently is just behind the Pompidou Centre, um, about 10 minutes walk from Notre Dame, about 10 minutes walk from the Louvre. So mm. it's really right in the heart of Paris. It's, it's most expensive real estate in Europe, probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you could pray for that. That would be really wonderful. And just, I think, as I was saying earlier, pray for me, but also the whole church in this this challenge of having really deep friendships with, with our friends who aren't believers. I, I really believe that that's the way that people will trust, by cr- trusting Christians, that they will then be willing to ask questions, be willing to consider the possibility that there is a God um, and and be open open to different questions that they might just not raise at the moment. So that would be a really, yeah, really big progress. Great. Well, please do join us in praying for those things and, and do praise that more workers would be raised up in France because there is such a great need. Um, we often just sort of think that mission, cross-cultural mission is in far-flung places around the world, but mm-hmm. it's so close to home, you know, just across the English Channel. So, so do pray that people will be raised up for that. Thank you so much, Debs. Thank you to everyone listening and praying and supporting this podcast. And um, we will do another request for review, reviews again. We're, we're, what are we up to, Anna? Four, three, four? I think, yeah. Are they five stars or has anyone sort of dipped in? Uh... I think they're obviously five stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we're, of course, we're a five-star <laughs> podcast. So do encourage friends, family, uh, mums, dads, uncles brothers whatever to listen to this podcast and and if you are encouraged to leave a five-star review to to maintain our excellent run of five stars please do leave a five-star review you can also email us at comms at c-o-m-m-s at ufm.org.uk and make some requests can they make requests anna Mm, be great yeah some subject ideas perhaps what you'd like um, us to talk to uh, talk about mission partners maybe even tell us what you would take in if you went to a least reached place in the world what what desert island discs you would take we'd be interested to hear and if you'd like to send us a comment we can read it out on the podcast as well thank you so much for listening Um, we look forward to connecting with you next time thank you for listening to the four corners podcast brought to you by ufm worldwide Please subscribe for more podcasts like this and to support our mission family in prayer. Don't forget to like and share this podcast with friends and family. For more information about cross-cultural mission, visit our website, ufm.org.uk. UFM Worldwide, here to support churches and making disciples of all nations.